Hello, welcome. I'm Andrew Camphy, uh, the host of Influence Weekly, The Takeaway. You're listening to just a rundown of the news of what happened last week and, and sort of some interesting trends I'm seeing. Uh, later this week, we'll have the perspectives of Cody Wittick at uh, Kinship. Uh, they recorded their perspectives a few weeks ago, and they're back this week with another uh Talking Points, where Talking Points is the podcast release where you go inside of an agency and hear their perspectives and what's going on, boots on the ground, influencer marketing. Uh, this, however, is my very 10,000-foot uh, view of what's going on in the industry. Um, we're, we'll read through the news. We'll get to some interesting case studies this week. Um, and we're also going to go deep into uh, farmers and um, we got uh, the value of beauty. And we, you're even going to go into Instagram's beach party. Um, really cool stuff uh, this week. Packed full of awesome stats. Stay tuned. Um, I just want to take a moment to say, everyone who's reading this, you're probably most likely getting this for free. Um, and that's awesome. I uh, probably try to get too much information out for free. Um, those who do pay uh, $5 a month for this uh, um, audio version um, do get first dibs on all of the uh, sort of infographics and data that I'm doing. And, and I want to tease you with two reports that I'm working on right now. Uh, one is uh, comparing the ad revenue of podcasts over their genres by the uh, amount of listeners or listens that they get. Um, currently working on acquiring some data, but I sort of have it already and have some interesting genres that are incredibly under monetized. Um, the entire podcast industry with something like 300 to $400 million in ad revenue this year projected to grow, you know, like I think it already grew like 40 to 50% in the last year and probably going to continue that as uh, there are an incredible amount of increase of listens. Uh, the percentage uh, of Americans, at least, who are listening to podcasts is increasing. Um, so there's something called share of ear and there's probably going to be some very interesting movements. You know, already we've seen you know, Spotify very aggressively get into podcasts, um, but We'll probably see some numbers over the next six months of, of very large numbers, and that will entice advertisers. And so I wanted to take a look at, you know, what genres, if if I were, you know, spending money on on uh, on um, podcasts, what is the the, the least competitive um, content, and and some very interesting information. I, I will say I, this is probably sort of logical and um, for a variety of reasons, but one of the top under monetized categories is serialized fiction. And this is probably due to a couple of reasons. One is, um, you know, serial actually was, uh, you know, what, or no, not serial. Um, one, of, one of the like oddest, uh, it's not serial, it's a uh, night fail. Um, one of the audit, it's one of the oddest sort of categories in podcasting, and there's probably not a very good answer to like who should sponsor these. Like, how could you break into a fictionalized story and have an ad? And and you know, probably someone like Branded Entertainment Network or someone you know has who has deep uh, 
connections with product placement probably could do the best in advertising on these particular um in that particular genre but i foresee you know probably there are probably some ad breaks that can happen you know just like um tv not film but tv you have your sort of ad breaks every seven and a half minutes probably that's the answer or probably a mixture of of product placement and um and just normal ads. It's like, hey, we're going to take a break uh, from your your regularly scheduled program. Um, so yeah, there there are a couple more categories that I'm looking at that are completely under tapped, and and it's sort of easy to logically see these once you see the numbers. But it's really interesting to see what's going to happen over the next you know um, six to eighteen months of of people advertising agencies such as yourselves. H- how can you mon- how can you you know, get into this game where there's an opportunity and there are some pretty big opportunities here. So I'll be releasing that very soon. Also looking um, at a jobs report, uh, looking at, you know, the number of jobs that are existing with influencer marketing in its um, description. Also looking at the number of jobs and types of jobs uh, with influencer in them. And those two things are very different. Um a couple, again, some sort of logical analysis of, you know, why certain things, why this exists. But there, uh, I'll tease you with this data. Um, there looks to be about 20% of jobs that include influencer marketing in, are entry level. Um, benchmarked against sort of other categories of jobs like marketing or social media, this is very low. In fact, like something like 40 to 60% of jobs and those other mature, mature, more mature categories are entry level, meaning there is an overabundance of executive roles that are need to be filled with influencer marketing in the description. Um, definitely, probably because, um, probably because of it's a new, it's a, it's a fairly new type of. Um, marketing and it's probably because it's in in executive like director of marketing or market head of marketing job descriptions that's the first place you'll probably see an emerging technology in um job descriptions and then it'll filter down into entry level over the course of probably like seven to ten years of of this industry and that's what i see at least in other industries the the complementary uh, technology or type of market is is blockchain. Um, I saw the same numbers and the same percentage of of roles in blockchain. And and again, that's probably because that's a emerging technology and exists in in sort of executives need to understand these uh, concepts and understand these more than on a percentage basis more than entry level because there's just not enough information for entry level people to be very good at this. Um, so again, these reports are, I'm teasing you with some interesting insights right now. Um, these reports are forthcoming and will be sent first to any and all, uh, paid subscribers of this particular, uh, um, email, not the MailChimp. So I, I don't know if you know, but I use Substack. You're getting this email and this podcast through the, the platform of Substack. Um, they've been an awesome partner not not really partner they're not paying me to say anything but i'll just let you know i'm using substack and uh they make it super easy to send this this podcast as an email to you directly um so show some love convert to paid uh click the paid button it's only five dollars a month and you get interesting insights like job analysis job market analysis and podcasts and you're freely available even if you are not paying for this you're welcome to email me back let me know 
what kind of analysis are you looking for? What kind of stats are you looking for? I just had earlier uh, or last week, someone uh, emailed me for more KOL, more information about China. And I was happy to give them all of the information I have about KOL and, and push them, put them along to, you know, some other interesting podcasts that exist for KOLs um, or around the KOL industry, meaning Lauren, Lauren Hallen and uh, China Influencer Marketing Podcast is a, and Newsletter is a fantastic resource if you're interested in that kind of stuff. All right. That was a long introduction. I hope you had a uh, – I hope you got something out of that. <laughs> um, but I'll go uh, on to the news of the week. Um, last week, uh, I announced that London International Awards are accepting entries. If you're in London, UK, Europe, and you are in any of these categories that they have, social influencer categories – are automotive, beauty, fashion, and lifestyle. Get your entry in before August 15th. Um, Tribe Dynamics had an awesome uh, sort of check-in with Revolve, who launched its first in-house influencer label. And how they're doing so far is that they've netted $37.3 million of earned media value in the month of May. Um, Tribe Dynamics is an awesome, interesting um, sort of upstart that is measuring everything in earned media value. They come from the PR world, and I'm happy to, you know, let these numbers shine. Um, really interesting to hear if any of you have more information about earned media value. Uh, Tribe Dynamics is only one of, like, two uh, companies I'm, I'm seeing using these stats. Uh, the other one is, uh, or, or having these stats, like soulmates.ai is a fantastic resource I've been looking at for a while to, to check out earned media value or how to calculate earned media value. Um, so check out soulmates.ai. Also give a give a... Go deep into Tribe Dynamics if you're looking for earned media value uh, um, information. Um, there was uh, one more fantastic VidCon um, information. You know what? What does it mean for the future of social media platforms? Um, a couple weeks ago, go back and check out the the rundown of rundowns of VidCon. I, I featured eight different VidCon rundowns. This one was cool because th they basically said. This is the quote from it. Five years ago, digital creators aspired to be celebrities. Now celebrities aspire to be digital creators. A huge influx, you know, with Will Smith, with late night TV, getting huge amounts of views on YouTube and, and really making their, their social impact on YouTube now more or equal to their TV impact or film impact with Will Smith. Um, we will definitely be seeing more tried and true film and TV stars moving towards YouTube in a variety of ways. Um, who was it? Uh, Jack Black has a gaming channel. Um, we'll, we'll see this more and more. We'll see more examples of good and bad examples of this. Uh, I'm excited to see both. Um, someone um, looked at who, or uh, not who, um, how many followers do you really gain by going on Love Island? If you're not familiar with Love Island, here's how I see it. It's, a, it's like a reality TV show. Um, there's 36 people who stay in a villa. It's similar, I, I believe, to Big Brother or um, The Bachelor, something like that. Um, probably a mixture. I'm unfamiliar with reality TV, but of, there's 36 people who stay in the villa in, over, in some capacity over the season, and 10 of them have reached a million followers. So uh, that was a really interesting number, and, and I hope uh, you got something out. That means almost a third of of people who go to, in there will come out with a million followers. Wow! Um, in the creator world, um, the YouTube YouTubers Union in Europe um, 
joins forces with IG Metal, which I don't think that means Instagram. Um, it is Germany's largest union, and they launched FairTube. They sent letters of demands to YouTube accompanied by a video explaining their concerns, demands, and plan of action. You know, I, I really am interested in this, not necessarily convinced that, like, there is much to do directly with YouTube. I think there is awesome uh, there's awesome things people can do when they come together. I've seen different types of, not unions, but but these sort of uh, uh, consortiums put, put together. And, and uh, they're only as powerful as, you know, the people who run them and, and are really active. Very interesting. I, I personally was part of, and probably still am, the freelancers union. You know, when um, very, very great deals and perks you can get through these, and, and it is all free. It's all you know, just you got to put your time in and 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 be a part of the 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 group. Um. So some interesting people this week. I have an article from David Sievers or uh, about why he made a coffee company that partners with social media influencers. Really interesting products. I posted about this on LinkedIn. Uh, happy to connect with anyone listening to this on LinkedIn. Um, and and it was a coffee. It's a coffee company, and they partner with social media influencers. And the influencers are the face of the coffee company um, they make themselves. So really cool way to do a business, um, brand a business, and and build a business instead of using the influencers to promote their own the, your product as a company. You can go and build a company with an influencer really cool um what's a cusper a cusper well full screen explores what cuspers are they're on the fringe of gen z and millennials probably in they're currently in college or just graduated from college um these are really really interesting kinds of people that are on uh, again cusp like right they're right between these two major shifts in um generations very much like you know between millennials and gen gen y gen z or gen x sorry um really cool study but mainly i was just really interested in the fact that there's now this name cusper and it's a cohort of people um I will say Face Clans. Oh yeah, Face Clans first pop up was a success, a raging success from the videos they put out. Uh, next up are case studies. Um, so if you are looking for, um, if you are running an influence marketing agency brand or you're an influencer, this is for you. Um, I'm about to tell you about some. I'll, I'll give you the stats of some, a few case studies. But before I go into it, please uh, feel free to consider submitting your influencer marketing case study. I'll send, I'll put a link in the show notes in the email you got. You already got an email about this. To listen to this, go and check. Um, I put the link to what you should think about when you submit your influencer marketing case study to me. Um, you can get in front of now 3,220 people um, that I send the newsletter to every week. I love reports, surveys, data. And so anything that has to do, so case studies, like all of that, right? Qualitative and quantitative data. Um, so consider writing your own case study and uh, submitting it. Here's just like what I think make a great case study. They include four categories or four sort of segments, goals, approach, campaign heights, and results. Um, that means goals, like just Tell me exactly what the goal, the KPIs from the marketer. If you are the marketer, say what you wanted to get out of it. If you're the agency, say what the brand wanted to get out of it. What are the key performance indicators? Like, was it reach? Was it um, 
engagement? Was it sales lift? Was it sales? Like instead of just a sales lift, was it actual sales? Then go on to tell me what your approach was. Like, why did you do what you did? Not, not necessarily why, but just lay out the sort of campaign creative, right? What, what was the like overarching thought of like the grand vision or the execution of this campaign? How are you going to go about it? Um, show us some examples. You don't have to show the entire campaign, just some highlights of like, it, this is sort of the qualitative, uh, qualitative information, right? Show us the YouTube videos, just a couple examples or the, the Instagram, um, posts or the TikTok videos, just show us a couple examples of what actually happened and then give us the results, you know, tell us exactly what the brand got out of this, right? It should probably relate back to the KPI. It probably should be the KPI. Like how much did you deliver or how much did you over deliver? Um, and bonus points for any shared lessons learned, like sharing, sharing these, these thoughts of like, what are you going to do next? Or what have you already done next? If this is like a highlight of a campaign that you did, you know, six months, nine months ago, that's fine. You don't have to be, giving me a case study to release that's only, you know, two weeks old. Um, but the fresher, the better. Um, and so, yeah, share sort of lessons learned that you are now, you know, going off on, like, you know, what worked or what didn't work. Those are both different lessons learned. Um, and definitely email me at hi at influenceweekly.co, and I'd be happy to put your uh, case study in the newsletter of the kind I'm, I'm going to read right now. So um, top YouTube bakers were a part of this uh, Hershey's campaign and the key stat from them. So this was Rosanna Pensino, the icing artist, honeysuckle. This, uh, the, the key takeaway is that they generated a 22% lift uh, in sales uh, or sorry, purchase intent, not sale, but purchase intent for Hershey's. Um, that was really cool to find out that that, that was Hershey's goal was 22% was lift in purchase intent or rather the, the result. Um, Chipotle used David Dobrik to launch their TikTok channels. Um, and I say channels because David Dobrik did not have a TikTok channel before this. And he launched it and Chipotle was there to help him do that with this campaign. Um, really interesting campaign, right? To essentially be the first ad, um, but the reason that a creator makes a new profile on another platform. So um, really keen idea and smart to uh, not just be the ad, but also the impetus to go onto a new platform. Really cool. Um, Gymshark had a campaign on TikTok as well. Um, and they were really interesting of uh, doing duets. Uh, this is uh, really funny because you, as, as far as I knew about TikTok, it was, you know, it, it, it's a very young audience, but Gymshark is, is, doesn't sound like a very young kind of um, company or, or that they would need, you know, to be on Gymshark, but they definitely like went all in um, and really let the creative shine um, and, and did it as part of this campaign of 66 days of change. And so they had their, their hashtag trending. Um, uh, and it was also around the exact time that uh, normal consumers or users will do gym kinds of things, which is around January 1st. Um, and it wasn't just a one day thing, a one thing, one 
moment. It was 66 days. So they had January 1st and then March 8th, uh, which is 66 days later. Really interesting way to do a campaign. Um, so again, uh, feel free to submit your influencer marketing case study, no matter how you've done it. I just will include a link in the show notes of how to uh, submit a case study uh, to me. And that's just by emailing me at, case, at hi at influenceweekly.co. Um, but I do give uh, some tips on what you can include to submit it. Um, now the deep read. So um, if you have not gotten a chance, uh, check out the farmers who earn more on YouTube than their crops. Um, the three people that were featured here are Zach Johnson, Suzanne Cook, and Josh Draper. Um, they're all farmers and, and very range from 40K subscribers to 220,000, um, really showing you know what it takes to be a farmer in this day and age. And funny enough, they're making more money on YouTube than on uh, from their farm, from their crops. Speaking of YouTube, uh, Pew Research Center uh, earlier this year, just released, but earlier this year, uh, did a week and figured out what is the top YouTube most popular channels. And they said, oh, and they considered it anyone over 250,000 uh, subscribers. Um, they looked at what is one week of their lives. What, what happens on the most popular YouTube channels in one week? And they found that collectively uh, they post, well, actually, first off, there were 43,000 channels with at least 250,000 subscribers. That is an increase of almost 10,000. That means it's a 32% year-over-year increase from a year before. Welcome to 2019, where there's now 43,000 channels that have 250,000 subscribers. And these channels collectively posted almost quarter million videos. Like, let me say that again. These channels collectively posted nearly a quarter million videos. And that means that they've generated 48,000 hours of content in just one week. Okay, let that sit in. And the average video posted is nearly 12 minutes. And the average video in this, in this collective group received 58,000 views during its first week. So, like, I want to, like, point out these numbers, right? Minimum, these channels had 250,000 subscribers, which is a cumulative number. But the amount of views that they, on average, generate is 58,000, which is a, uh, you know, a current number, right? That means that 58,000 views happened, on average, with 250,000 subscribers, again, which is a cumulative number. And if you already have 250,000 subscribers, you're probably on... Uh, you're probably not – there's only a few outliers that have gotten that probably within a week or two or a month. Most of those channels that got that have gotten it over years. And at this point, they're averaging 58,000 views, which is very interesting. Um, I'll let that sink in and let you come up with your own insights. But the funny part about this was that the videos um, that received more than five times as many views as the median generally used, you mentioned the words Fortnite. Prank or worst, so W O R S T, prank or uh, Fortnite. Very interesting that they got five times. So the median videos of that cohort versus those who did not use those three names, uh, those three words. That's five times as many views. Very very interesting. Um, 
And, you know, that's like, that is a trend, right? That's what fads and trends are. It's like, that's the most popular thing at the moment. Speaking of trends, this is a trend that goes, is a drop. Um, hashtag paid uh, came out with this research report where not only did they look at Instagram without likes, they actually looked at like, what is, what are the users seeing that don't have likes? And this is actually not troubling, but like interesting news to me is a third of the creators who do not have, who have had likes hidden are experiencing fewer comments and their follower growth has slowed. Um, and there's a significant drop of, of average number of likes. Now that is, is interesting. That doesn't necessarily mean that the world is the, the end is nigh. That does not mean that we're now facing an apocalypse. That is just what happened, right? Like, and we could have seen this coming, right? If you don't show it's social proof, right? That, that social proof is very, very powerful. And if you don't show um, that someone has liked something, then you don't get the like. Like there's a certain percentage, and we now see that there's a significant drop. But like this is the new normal, right? Like if if the platform makes this decision, and for whatever reason the platform wants to make the decision, if it's mental health or not, like let them. But um, this is the new normal, and I'm really excited to see you know what's going to happen next. Is I don't necessarily think the end is nigh, but let's see what happens. We're not going down to zero. We're just seeing drops, percentage drops. Um, again, a third of creators are experiencing fewer comments, which actually, I, I'm actually like, that was a little sort of interesting, mostly interesting. Not just likes are dropping, but also comments and follower growth is dropping as well, based on seeing fewer likes. Um, a, a really big uh, sort of mention for the world of digital influencers is that the British Beauty Council and the value of beauty, they mention it. And they literally just mentioned digital influencers. Um, and they had some interesting stats. This is the British Beauty Council. And they said in 2019, there are a total of more than 2,700 influencers with a presence in the industry, with many, many of these having suitable platforms to promote beauty products, and a total of only 108 have 1 million or more Instagram followers with more than three fifths um, having fewer than 50,000 followers. So really um, cool to see, you know, that this was mentioned in the British beauty council's value of beauty report about the beauty industry. Um, really interesting to see, you know, that, that, that will probably drive some beauty industry advertisers to influencer marketing that either were on the cusp or uh, of, of adding uh, advertisement push to that, or they'll increase their um, their spend. So thank you for um, listening all the way through. Um, again, please submit your influencer marketing case study if you are boots on the ground working. If you want to host an episode of Talking Points, which is the complimentary um audio version that you'll get later this week um, from inside of an agency. If you want to host it, please email me and uh, you'll get um, a sort of a schedule of the upcoming ones that are available um, every week. An agency takes a crack at giving us their perspective of the news. Um, and again, uh, please, I teased you earlier with, um, you know, some interesting reports coming out. I'll obviously put those reports out on LinkedIn and in the newsletter um, on Friday, but, uh, the first people to get those will be those who are paying five bucks a month. That's all it takes to be in the category of VIP. Thank you so much for listening to one of the longest episodes of the takeaway. 
Please enjoy the rest of your commute to work. Bye.